What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this. Only on Jags all here. We love it. Ooh, welcome back to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post, a special NFL draft edition of the show. Good to be back in the saddle. It's Jake Brown here alongside Jets beat writer for the New York Post, Brian Costello. will be joined by another Italian man, Tony Pauline, later in the show, NFL draft analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com. You're Italian, right? With the name Costello, you got to be Italian. I'm not. I'm You're not. not. I'm Irish. What's your background? Irish. 100%? Yep. <laughs> was that obvious? Is it obvious that Costello is Irish? I don't know why. No, I mean, it's just cracking up over here. I thought Costello is Italian. Yeah, when I go, I've been on the um, Irish NFL podcast. You ever see those guys on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, I got on their show, and they call me Costello, because that's how <laughs> it's pronounced in Ireland. And that's, oh, that's, that's, okay. yeah, that's actually, and my older, older, older relatives pronounce it that way. So, wow. Yes. I, know, I, I don't know Irish. why I thought it was like a, a brand of sauce, Costello. Maybe I'm thinking <laughs> of the store. I always see it and think of you, Costello's supermarket. Just the vowel. You're just the vowel at the end of the name. You're guessing, Jake. Right? Yeah. Well, how, how is the off season treated? Have you, have you got a vacation in? What, what's the last, since we last spoke a month ago? No vacation. Uh, no, there's a lot of drafts. Coaching my daughter's softball team. So that's keeping me busy. Trying to plow ahead, get through the draft. Are you the kind of coach that screams at these kids, or you just let them play? No, they're eight and nine years old, so uh, I do not scream. <laughs> right. I let them play. You know, we got a, we had a big win last week, our first win of the season. So and then we had another one coming up, another game coming up Thursday. So looking for win number two. Are you like the Jets, where you don't win the first month of the season? No, we won. We're one and one. So oh, you know, right. and last year that like last spring, I did not. We did not win a game. So it was very exciting when we won a game last week. There was uh, seltzer being sprayed on people. <laughs> we got ice cream afterwards. It was it was quite a quite an event. Oh, how I missed the pizza and soda pop days at Chuck E. Cheese in, in <laughs> elementary and middle school. Well, you know, they're winning in the first month. The Jets haven't done that for a while in September, but the vibes have been good so far this offseason. The Jets always seem to have nice off seasons and then quickly yeah. go to go to you know what come September. But the draft is here and a lot of fans are pumped because the Jets are the fourth and the tenth pick. There's some room to maneuver. Maybe they trade down from ten. Maybe they don't. They have an offensive line that's pretty much set. In the past, they've had to use one of those picks on an offensive line. Uh, let's start here. Let's get right into it with the four pick uh what do you do here cause do, do you go with an evan neal or an icky Iquanu and kind of just fully you know finalize the offensive line and maybe well, that guy doesn't start this year and starts next year if george fan goes or do you get what you really need across from carl lawson another pass rusher at number four yeah i wouldn't go o-line jake but i think the jets might if especially Iquanu, if he's sitting there that might be too hard for them to pass up he's a really impressive guy uh can play guard can play tackle you know the jets need to address their needs that they have in 2022 in my opinion not not worry about that kind of thing of of just stockpiling players at a position you remember they did this at defensive line for a while right they had Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson and took Leonard Williams and that kind of thing. So it didn't really work out. So I would go edge rusher, Jake. Pretty much solid there. I would take an edge rusher at four. 
There's going to be a few off the board. Trayvon Walker is probably going to be gone. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is probably going to be gone. But, you know, Jermaine Johnson is going to be an interesting one to me. I know the Jets liked him at the Senior Bowl. Do they feel like they, they take him at four and don't wait to see if he's there at 10? Kayvon Thibodeau is a fascinating, fascinating prospect to me, Jake. So the stuff I've heard would scare me off of him. But, you know, do the Jets fall in love with him? Do they? He was in for a visit. Do they like him? Do they go with him? But to me... Edge rusher is is a huge need for this team and something I would grab it for. All right, so with the fourth pick in the Gangs All Here mock draft, Brian Costello selects. Well, who's gone? You got to give me one, two, and three first. Say Thibodeau is still there, and the offensive linemen are all there, and there it is. Hutchinson is gone. Walker is gone. I would take Jermaine Johnson. I think the Jets would take Ikiakuanu if he's there. I think that Joe Douglas would, would still go with Ikiakuanu. If he's there at four. All right. And get, I'm going to take Icky Aquanu. I think they staple that offensive line. I know it's not a need exactly, but we know Joe Douglas loves his offensive linemen. I think Johnson from every mock draft I've seen out there is barely in the top 10. So while he seems like everything, everyone's saying good things about him, it doesn't seem like he might go in the top 10. So maybe you could snag him at 10. And there's a lot of receivers in this draft where I know every Jets fan wants one at 10, but you have two second round picks. You could still make a trade for one of the big, big names that everyone's been talking about. So I'm going to take the offensive tackle at four. It's, it's either Evan Neal or Icky Iquanu. And because Icky Iquanu likes musicals like me, I'm taking Icky Iquanu offensive tackle NC State. All right. And, and, you know, Kyle Hamilton's out there. We'll see if the Jets go the safety route. I think fans will pull their hair out uh, if they go safety at number four. So let's go to 10. What do you take at number 10, guys? Oh, I think the ideal thing is a receiver, Jake. If Garrett Wilson's there, you're taking Garrett Wilson. You know, I think Drake London's obviously in the conversation there. And I think you do have to consider Jamison Williams from Alabama, who has the ACL, but probably would have been the number one receiver in this draft if he hadn't gotten hurt. The question for the Jets is, can they take the risk of drafting a player at number 10 who's not going to be on the field for a few months? He's probably not going to be on the field till November. Probably not going to be 100% until 2023. What we've seen from guys from ACLs is they're usually not fully back until the second year. Joe Douglas has got to start thinking about job security and winning, and he and Robert Sala are going to have to think about winning games immediately. So I'm not sure they would feel like they have the luxury of taking a player who's not going to be ready right away. So to me, Garrett Wilson, if he's there, or Drake London. If Sauce Gardner fell down to 10, Jake, I think you have to consider him uh, to at number 10. Uh, I, I still think cornerback's a big need for this team. So that those would be my guys at number 10. Yeah, if Sauce Gardner's there, that is my pick at 10, and you wait on a receiver didn't give up a touchdown all year. Didn't give up more than 13 yards in a game. Competition, not as big as some of the guys, obviously, at bigger schools than Cincinnati. But that would be a steal at number 10, considering there's a chance he goes in the top five. If not, I'm taking Drake London. You line up Corey Davis on one side, a 6'5 Drake London on the other, with Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios on the inside. And Zach Wilson, with those two tight ends, has all the targets in the world to have success. And who knows? Maybe. They trade for Debo Samuel. What he would mean for this offense, guys, I think Jets fans would, you know, throw the parade, the seven-win parade, if they get Debo Samuel. A.J. Brown's the other guy every Jets fan wants. He liked the tweet saying he doesn't in reply that the Jets want you, I promise. Uh, it seems like, you know, and we'll talk to Tony Pauline about it, that he might be staying in Tennessee. And then, you know, the other name that floated around was D.K. Metcalf, but you told us that there wasn't yes. anything there. Maybe something changes come training camp, Kaz, or is it a pipe dream for the Jets to get one of these number ones out there? 
the only way things change, Jake, is if a situation happens like a Jamal Adams situation where all of a sudden the guy says, you know, I'm not playing for you. And he starts making noise and demanding trades. If one of those guys goes down that road, then things could change in, in the next few months. But it doesn't seem like any of them are going to do that. Debo is a little bit more unknown than the other ones, especially Seattle just got rid of Russell Wilson. They, you know, they can pay DK. Tennessee is a little bit tighter situation because Tannehill has a big contract. Um, they've paid a few other guys there. Derrick Henry, I think one of their offensive linemen has a pretty big contract. So it might be tougher for them, but Tennessee seems like they're, they're going to figure it out. You know, the th- here's the thing, Jake. When Devontae Adams got traded, when did when did we start hearing about Devontae Adams getting traded? You didn't. I mean, it didn't. didn't all, of sudden, all. It, yeah. all, all of a sudden, there was a tweet. Devontae Adams was traded, right? Tyreek Hill. You heard about it for an hour before the trade went down. Big trades like that usually happen with some secrecy to them and not this all this conjecture and talk. You know, it's a lot of people just kind of putting two and two together right now. I, I just don't see anything happening immediately. Like I said, things can change. If one of these players throws a fit and says they want out and they want to be traded, then then the, the picture changes a little bit. What a shot that was where the Jets for exactly like 49 minutes were in on Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and me and every collective Jets fan was losing our mind only to check Twitter to see, you know, 10 minutes later that he was going to a division rival, not even someone else. He's going to the Miami Dolphins. And he said, you know what? I trust who they have over there, over Zach Wilson, whoever their quarterback ends up being. Uh, we assume it's going to be Tua. What happened there? Because it seemed like Chiefs would have accepted the Jets' offer. Was it all just Tyreek, no interest yeah. in being a Jet? I don't know if Tyreek could say no interest. Did they use the Jets a little bit? You know, he and Drew Rosenhaus, uh, maybe they did. They, you know, that was going on for days, Jake. We just didn't know it. So that, that had been happening for, I think, Devontae Adams got traded on a Thursday, and I want to say the Tyreek Hill thing happened on a Tuesday, and it was pretty much in between there where the talks were going on. Um, Yeah, the Jets had a trade offer to Kansas City that Kansas City would have accepted. Miami got involved late. He's from Florida. There's no state income taxes in Florida. The Dolphins have had more, a little more success than the Jets lately. Not not a ton, but a little bit more. So I think that was a more appealing team for him to go to. I don't necessarily know if it came down to Tua versus Zach. Per se, I just think it was a more attractive situation for him. And, you know, then immediately when those stuff came out on that morning and I checked into it, people said he's not coming. Like, he's going to pick the he's gonna pick the other team. It's up to him. He's going to pick somebody else. So they, the Jets were not very optimistic that he was ever going to come there. He chose the Miami Sun and Club Live on Sundays instead of uh... – Coming to New York and, and hitting up our scene here, he chose the better weather. And sometimes you can't blame him. That state income tax is real. I mean, my check is not look as good every two weeks uh, since changing to bi-weekly. But can we go back to weekly pay? Good God, I hate bi. Maybe that's just because I'm with I'm, you. I'm with you, Jake. Right? I'm with I mean, you. Ev- I, I love used having money every week, Kaz. Now yeah. I have to, like, budget. And I, yeah. I haven't I, – I am And the today's the day. Today, today's the day before payday. It's, it's rough. The, yes, I agree. Yes. So. And today's payday, and I'm still complaining. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. I had every oh. – when you go to a Met game every day, you need money every week in the account Jeez. to uh, afford some of this. You go to a Met game every day? I mean, I've been to the first uh, six uh, home games so far, or when after you this going episode. For, you going for eighty one? No, I, that would be hard to pull. I physically can't because I have my brother's wedding, uh, and it's a home weekend. So there's four out the window. I can't. What go. What kind of brother is he? Uh, scheduling a wedding on the weekend of a home Mets game? Huh? One of my good friends scheduled his wedding October first, and he's a diehard Mets fan. 
I mean, what was he thinking there? Although that's the regular season still, but my wedding will, if I ever get married, who knows if you heard this show at this point, uh, the dating escapades, uh, I will never have a wedding during the baseball season. If I do, it's like during the middle of the season or like the all-star break, maybe that week or something. Uh, the, the day so that went like find a, find a girl that will marry you on a Wednesday in July, Jake. That's perfect. Get married during the day, watch the ESPYs at night. There you go. <laughs> Oh, God, that would take a true woman, a Wednesday wedding. Oh, God. That's why I'll probably never get Did you, married. So you were at the doubleheader on Tuesday, Jake. The, 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 how how cold was it at the doubleheader? Yeah, Hearts was that game, too. He wasn't man enough to uh, go through both of them. He's also not a Mets fan. But uh, I bundled up pretty well. The key was gloves. Now, I didn't bring gloves on Sunday, so it was right. cold. But bringing the gloves was big. I got the new Mets beanie at the team store. So it was bearable, but it was one of those days where I wish they were seven inning doubleheaders because it was that cold. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded. it. So the Mets are hot though. Jets are winning the off season. The Mets are winning the regular season. So Mets jets fans are having a nice time right now. And life is good. Well, the jets have a ton of draft picks and lots to do. So we will be back with you after the draft to recap what exactly they did, but we're going to say pass rusher or an offensive lineman. And then 10, we're likely a receiver if Sauce is not at the board. Well, we'll talk more about the draft and the Jets' offseason next as Tony Pauline from ProFootballNetwork.com joins us on Gangs All Here. If you win, they will come. All right, Kaz, joining us now on Gangs All Here to break down the draft and what the Jets might do is a guy you see everywhere at this time at ProFootballNetwork.com. It's NFL Draft Analyst Tony Pauline. Tony, welcome to the show. How's your? Uh, how many mock drafts are you in? 34 right now? You know, I really don't do mock drafts. I hate doing mock drafts. I will do one next week right before the actual event takes place, but they take all kinds of time, which you're better served elsewhere, and they never come true. And then what happens is you do a mock draft, somebody makes a trade, and you got to start all over again. So I just wait till the last uh, last second to get one up. I like that. Cos, how many have you done so far? Uh, three. I think we do them every every Wednesday, the four weeks before the draft. But like Tony, the last one's the one that counts. Yeah. You know, I, I did one that, that came out today or yesterday. It's guesswork at this point. Next week, you get a little bit more information, yeah. and it's a little bit a little bit more accurate to do, but they're the cotton candy of journalism, mm-hmm. Jake. They, there's no nutritional value at all, but people no. people still like to eat it. The views, you put those things up, the views go through the roof. Why? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but uh, he's yeah. right. Well, now I'm in the mood for cotton candy. Um, <laughs> your thoughts so far, Tony, before we talk draft on what Joe Douglas did in free agency and the Jets uh, spending a ton of money. Well, I mean, it looks good on paper, but it's often looked good on paper. It's got to transition into productivity and wins on the field. I mean, that's the big that's been the big issue, hasn't it been? I mean, you know, obviously it looks like the tight end position may be finally figured out. It looks like the offensive line may be finally pieced into a proper position. Looks like they got some good players in the secondary, but it's all on paper And we've seen this before where it looks good on paper and it doesn't transition into wins on the field. So, you know, so far so good, but you know, I'm not going to get overexcited about it. I just, you know, take my foot off the throttle and wait and see what happens in camp. And and then, you know, the season. So what happened to Carl Lawson last year? I mean, Carl Lawson looked great until he suffered that unfortunate injury. They they always win in March, Tony. (laughs) It's it's September and October, November, December, they get stuff. Um, Curious, Tony, you mentioned the offensive line. To me, the most fascinating question in this draft with the Jets is if, if Vicky Aquanu is there at four, do they take him? 
Yeah. They, take, they took Makai Becton two years ago. Obviously, they took Vera Tucker to play guard last year. They like what they got from George Fant last year. Do you see a scenario where if Ekwana is there, he might be the best player in the draft, that, where they take him? Well, forget about what I see. I'm hearing more and more from people inside the league who I talk to that Aquana was absolutely in the conversation for the Jets to take it at number four. And I mean, I guess it, it makes sense, but what do you do from there? Where is Aquanu going to play? Because in my opinion, he's a right tackle or guard. They obviously have their, they hope that they got the guard situation figured out with Tomlinson and, and uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, George Vance has played very well at left tackle. Are you moving Beck into right tackle? Are you going to put Aquano there? He's absolutely in the conversation from what I've heard. And I could understand it because he is a smart, tough, nasty lineman uh, who's got a great amount of upside. You know, he's very intelligent, as you know, uh, could have gone to several Ivy League schools. And he is just a masher. So I think he fits that system. It's going to be he's in the conversation without a doubt. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they explore a trading fan or fan rides it out one more year and then Aquanu takes over next year. And you you're have not the... trading, you're not trading fan. You're trading Becton. Yeah. Fans, yeah. an old man. Fans, an old man. You're not getting. You're getting a kicking tee for George Fant. You might be able to get something from Makai Becton still. And, and the yeah. Jet coaches like Fant. I mean, yes. they, you know, yeah. he, but he's a short shows up. They know what he's getting. You know, mm-hmm. he he plays hard on every down. He does the little things well, and he's shown a lot of progress at that left tackle position. When they stopped moving him around, he kind of exactly. solidified that spot until he got injured late in this in the year. And, and this is a new coaching regime. And they saw George Fant come in every week and produce and play and do what they asked them. They like George Fant, the coaches. All right. So, Tony, who is your fourth pick? If, if you're gun your head right now, who, who are you taking with the fourth pick for the Jets? I, I really think, obviously, it depends on what happens before them. And the way it looks right now, the pass rushers are going to come off the board early and often with those first three picks. I think uh, with Robert Sala as the defensive coordinator, as the head coach of defensive-minded head coach, with the fact that last year was primarily an offensive-minded draft, I think they're going to go pass rusher. I think, you know, they haven't had a pass rusher since John Abraham left in free agency, what, 15 years ago? Uh, I think it's a guy – I think it's probably going to be Jermaine Johnson. He has been moving up draft boards. I think that's a guy who can get a lot of upfield pressure. I think he fits the solid uh, uh, defense – Obviously, they were there with him at the senior bowl. He, and again, I think it's, it'll be a, a symptom of the fact that all these pass rushers, Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, possibly Kayvon Thibodeau, are going to be bunched in the early part of the draft. And the Jets will feel like we better get one now while there's one available. Tony, what what are you hearing about Thibodeau? He's a very interesting guy where yeah. he was well, a year ago. If we, we talked right after the draft, he probably would have been the number one guy. And, and, but it seems like he's sliding. What, what are you hearing about him? Yeah, I wrote an article on this at Pro Football Network uh, during the combine. And the fact is this, he's an immensely talented defender. I mean, he's a guy that can come out of a three-point stance. He can stand over tackle, incredibly athletic. You saw it at the combine. You saw it at his pro day. The questions around Thibodeau is, is football a priority? As several people told me, he's acting like he's already made it rather than working to make it. He's acting like he's already there rather than working to get there. Ironically, he's being compared in that aspect to Vernon Golston, you know, a guy who was happy with the one, you know, with that first contract, took his money and then ran. That's a concern for Thibodeau. I hope that's not the case uh, because he's an immensely talented and versatile player. There's also some question as 
you know, does he play hard on every single down? He did have a high ankle sprain last year, which he suffered in the first game of the year. And by all, for all intents and purposes, he could have redshirted last year, but he played, he came back and he played. I think with Thibodeau, you better have the right coach. You better have a guy that can get in between his ears to, to basically kick him in the butt and light a fire. If you do that, you're going to have one of the best players in this draft. He could go three. He could fall down to 10. It's just a matter of what, you know, what goes on in the war room. What are the debates in the war room when the team is called to the clock and they're looking at Thibodeau? He's still there at four. You're still taking Jermaine Johnson over him? I like Thibodeau more than Jermaine Johnson. If it was up to me, I would take Thibodeau before Jermaine Johnson because I have him much higher rated. I could understand why a team would take Jermaine Johnson over Thibodeau, though, with the concerns. How about um, Trayvon Walker, Tony? Yeah. He's he's the guy who's just jumped. If, if we were talking about this in November, December, he wouldn't be in the conversation in the top five, and now he's he might go number one. How do you feel about guys like that, guys that are, are pre-draft you know, stars and, and go up the board? And how do you feel about him specifically? Yeah, you, November, December, you're not talking about Trayvon Walker as a top 15 pick, but, you know, everything fell together. You know, had a great combine, but he is a good player. You have to really watch the film. Don't look at the stats. Don't look at the highlights. And when you watch him, he did exactly what Georgia asked him to do. It wasn't always pin your ears back and rush up the field. It was setting the edge. It was gap responsibility. It was dropping back off the line in the coverage on zone blitzes, which Georgia did all the time with their linebackers. Gray Walker and Jacoby Dean had great success. It was chasing the action and pursuit. He doesn't, have a, he doesn't have a lot of sack numbers, but he did have 32 quarterback hurries, which I know is sort of a subjective stat. And while you want to you want to sack the quarterback, hurrying the quarterback is just as important because you get the quarterback to move his feet, think, look otherwise. I love Trayvon Walker. I think the fact that he does those little things, dropping, uh, dropping a pass coverage, setting the edge, gap responsibility, he does those things so well, he's far ahead of the curve of many of these other defensive ends, these pass rushers, who basically, like Jermaine Johnson, basically just were able to pin their ears back and rush up the field. I think he's getting a bad rap because people are looking at the stats without really getting deep into the game film. All right, you like the Jets to take a pass rusher with four. Let's go to number 10. Uh, it seems like the favorite is Drake London, and receiver. What do you like the Jets doing at 10? Well, I again, it depends on who's there. It depends on what they do it for. If they go, pa if they go pass rusher at four, does Ahmad Gardner somehow slide to ten? If he is, he's got to be a consideration there. Is Garrett Wilson there? I would take Garrett Wilson before I took Drake London because I think he's a better fit for the Jets system. He's a much better route runner, and Jet and the Jets want the Jets system requires guys to separate through their routes. Drake London's a good receiver. He's a big receiver who wins out for the contested throw, catches the ball exceptionally well, but his ability to separate through route running or speed is very questionable on Sunday. I don't think that's a good fit for the Jets system. If Wilson is gone, if my guard is not there, then I think you've got to consider Drake London, depending on what they do with that first selection. Is 10 too early to take Jamison Williams, Tony? I think it is for Joe Douglas. And I think Joe Douglas at 10 has got to get a player that's going to be able to play come September and contribute come September. Jamison Williams is not going to be ready to, to contribute until November. And he may not even be a hundred percent. Then I think if you're a team like the new Orleans saints, or even a team like the Kansas city chiefs 
who may, you know, has has a luxury of sitting Jamison Williams and you don't need him to produce right away. In the case of the Chiefs, maybe you put him on the field in December when you're making your late your late season push through the playoffs. You take him. As far as the Jets, that tenth pick, they better line up with the starting team with the first unit on, uh, come week one in September. Jamison Williams is not going to be able to do that. And I don't think as far as Joe Douglas is concerned, you know, that's the player for them. On the receiver front, do you see anything to the Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, any of those big names that uh, you think the Jets might try and make a uh, trade for this offseason? I absolutely think the Jets will try and make a trade for one of those guys because it's an impact player. I mean, Debo Samuel is going to impact the team quick, more quickly than any player you're going to get with that 10th pick. Uh, the fact is, is, are the San Francisco 49ers going to trade Debo Samuel? Are the Tennessee Titans going to trade A.J. Brown? All the information I have is that A.J. Brown is very likely to sign, to re-sign with the Tennessee Titans at a higher contract. I do think, though, to answer your question, Douglas is going to make a push to try and trade for one of these guys. Whether he's able to pull it off, I don't know. One other position I wanted to hit, Tony, with you is cornerback. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned Sauce Gardner. It's an interesting one with the Jets because, I, in my opinion, it's a need. I you know they signed DJ Reed. Uh, they got Brandon Eccles and Bryce Hall to fight for the other spot. Salah's defense, his history is more about edge rushers, and, and we'll figure it out at cornerback. That's what they did in Seattle. That's what they did in San Francisco. What do you think past Sauce Gardner? Do you, do you think in the second round there's there be guys where they, that they would look at a cornerback? Also, Stingley's an interesting one. Derek Stingley from LSU. Would he be in consideration at 10? What's your feeling kind of overall cornerback with the Jets? Well, first of all, the Jets now playing in a division that's got Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, and the ball's going to be flying through there. You better have a good secondary. They did sign some guys, you know, in free agency. We'll see how that pans out. I love Eccles, but I like Eccles as a nickelback, not as a starting cornerback. Derek Stingley, you know, which Derek Stingley are you getting? If you're getting the Derek Stingley from 2019, when he was a redshirt freshman and he looked like a complete shutdown corner, and if he was eligible to enter the draft and he enters the draft, the guy's a, a top three pick. You're getting manna from heaven. The, the guy was fantastic. But the fact is this. He did not play well in 2020. He did not play well the beginning of 2021 before he hurt his foot. So you get a guy that sort of has seemed to have regressed the past two seasons. You just don't know which, which Derek Stingley you're going to get, which is why I would shy away from him at pick number 10. There's a lot of risk there. Love the player, but you don't know which, which guy you're getting. There will be good cornerbacks. I believe for the Jets to select at the top of round two, a care Elam of Florida, if he's available, Roger McCreary of, of Warburn, who's going to be downgraded because he's not the tallest guy. He's got short arms, but he's a phenomenal cover guy. Gets it between the ears, technically sound, great ball skills. You mentioned Jamison Williams. Go watch that Alabama-Auburn game and see how what Roger, what Roger McCreary did against Jamison Williams and John Mitchell. He had a fantastic game. I mean, Andrew Booth of Clemson, very good chance he's there at the top of round two. The Jets will have an opportunity, rounds two or three, to come away with a good cornerback. And I agree with you. I still feel it's a need. You think Zach Wilson takes a big leap this year and, and Jets fans can be confident, Tony, going into year three that he's their guy? You know, he better. I, I mean, I know he had his moments last year against Tampa Bay, against Tennessee. But the fact is this, forget about misreads, forget about poor passes. There were some just some real bad fundamentals from Zach Wilson. I mean, when he's being pressured, he's running the wrong way. And instead of third and 12, it was an impossible third and 22 because he's running backwards. 
couldn't even set up screen passes last year. The screen throws were terrible, which I think really hurt the fact that they couldn't get a short passing game to ease him into throwing the ball downfield. I, I hope he does. I mean, he has to for Joe Douglas and the team. Uh, I think with all things New York Jets, I will hope for the best, but expect the worst. <laughs> that's, a, that's a way of life, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, that's a smart fan there. That, that's, how, that's how you look at it um, with the Jets. Tony, I'm curious, this is maybe might be a little deep in the weeds here, but one thing that always interests me, and, and you know, I know you're tapped in with the scouting community, is the Jets have not had much turnover in their scouting department through the years, and they haven't drafted well, <laughs> right? Like we all know the history of the last 10 years. But like Joe Douglas, he he didn't he didn't fire anyone when he took over. He the, the top level, he hired Rex Hogan, he hired Chad Alexander, uh brought in Phil Savage. But the, at the you know, area scout level, it's still the same guys that were basically here with McCagnan, same guys that were here with Idzik a lot part, and some of them were even here with Tannenbaum. What what's sort of the reputation of the Jets scouts, the scouting department when you go out there, Tony, and, and talk to people? Well, you gotta remember the the, the NFL, as you probably know, is more of a who you know league versus what you know league, unfortunately, yeah. too many times. Uh, and, and the fact is, is, you know, the scouts do their work, but it's the general manager and the coaches who make the final decision. So I don't get bad reviews on the Jet Scouts. It's not like they're a, a you know, they're a terrible group. Look at the drafting. Because remember, it's, it's Joe Douglas and whether it be Adam Gase or now Robert Sala, they also have an input in what players are being selected. In my opinion, that's where the problem is because you'll get a Robert Sala or an Adam Gase who will see a guy at the senior bowl, see him at the combine, watch some film, and they'll fall in love with a player and they will dismiss two years of notes that scouts who saw this guy practice every single day, you know, have written, you know, don't take this guy because of X, Y, Z. That's the bigger issue as far as I'm concerned as, as to why drafts fail. So they don't have a bad reputation, but again, they're not the ones that are making the calls come draft day. Tony, is there any kind of big draft day trade you envision? I know Baker Mayfield's kind of been the big story. Where the hell is he going to wind up? But is there any deal you see happening on draft day this year? Yeah, Baker Baker wants to know where the hell he's going to end up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Baker Mayfield, as I reported last night, do a show with Trey Wingo on Tuesday nights, I should say. it could be They could be in the long haul. If he's not traded on draft weekend, it could be a long time before Baker Mayfield is actually moved from the Cleveland Browns because the Browns have boxed themselves in the corner. They're on the hook for $19 million. Uh, the other 31 teams in the league are in no rush to help the Cleveland Browns after that contract they gave to Deshaun Watson because that's going to be the shape of things to come for those types of uh, – uh, those types of players. I mean, the only trade that I'm hearing about right now is ironically, the Minnesota Vikings want to trade down out of the 12 spot because they like Trent McDuffie, the cornerback from uh, Washington, as much as they like Derek Stingley. I say ironically, because that's the trade the Jets made to move up and get Ali, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker last year. And, and the uh, the Vikings came away with Christian Darris on a couple of day two picks. I, I'm not hearing anything. And I don't think you're going to see any major trades because there's no real top quarterbacks in this year's draft. There's no quarterback that deserves to go a top 10. It, that is usually where the trades are made, as we saw last year with San Francisco, as we saw last year uh, with, with the uh, Chicago Bears. They're usually moving up to get quarterbacks. There's no quarterback worth moving into the top 10 for this year. Last one for me, Tony, non-Jets related. Uh, number one pick. Usually we, we have a pretty good idea at this time uh -huh. of year what the number, who the number one pick is going to be, not this year. What are you hearing about uh, who's up for that, that number one pick? And I think it's pretty exciting, though. You know, yeah. usually, you know, and the league doesn't let him announce it, even though the entire world knows who's going to be the selection. I think in the end, it's going to be Trayvon Walker. And here's why. 
Trayvon Walker is, is a Trent Baalke type of defensive end. He's long, he's lean, he's got long arms, he's athletic. That is the type of defensive end that Trent Baalke likes, that he's had success with. Now the question is, how much input does Doug Peterson have? Doug Peterson may want to go with the smaller guys that he had success with when he was with the Eagles. But I think right now, it's probably going to be Trayvon Walker. Tony, rank them. Chicken parm, eggplant parm, veal parm, shrimp parm. Go. Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm a big eggplant fan. So uh, that's absolutely, uh, that would be number one. Chicken parm would be number two. Shrimp parm would be number three. Uh, I'm not too big of a veal eater. Uh, so I'll go with veal, but I'll take chicken parm 99 times over 100 over the other three. That's what I like to hear. That's all I need. Eggplant, eggplant parm. Eggplant parm. Eggplant parm. I'm big eggplant. Oh, eggplant. Okay. I'm, I'm going to take the chicken. You take the eggplant. Sorry. Eggplant. With, with the name Tony Pauline, I had go. to ask you, bro. I had to do it. Eggplant. Tony Pauline, profootballnetwork.com. Follow him on Twitter at Tony Pauline. Tony, enjoy the drafts. The mocks are almost over. The draft's almost here, and life is good again. And the Mets are good, which is great for everyone. So thanks for coming (laughs) on, gang's all here. Thanks for having me. I'm 76 years old. I've been Rufus team forever. All righty. That says goodnight to episode 101 of Gang's All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me out and producing the show. Of course, you can catch up on all episodes you may have missed of Gangs All Here by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. But go now, give us a five-star rating, write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts, and give us a five-star rating on Spotify as well. Hearts, I've been in full Mets mode because the boys are so hot. Buck Showalter is a genius. And, man, if the Mets could win a World Series and then the Jets could be competitive in the hunt in December, that's almost like two championships in one year for a Mets and Jets fan because the Jets haven't made the playoffs in far too long. And it seems like the vibes are are going in the right direction where, like, the Yankees and Giants are down, the Mets and Jets are up. It's definitely a spot that you want to be in. At this point in time where you just need some sort of good for New York sports, because, I mean, the Knicks have been just, you know, they were a complete disappointment. And, yeah, the Nets are in it, but no one's really expecting the Nets to do anything at this point. The fact that at least the Mets are starting off strong, the Jets having two real nice picks in the draft here, it could be a nice uh, momentum switch for you guys going forward. I really want Debo Samuel. I think what he can do as a running back and receiver And if you have packages where you have Michael Carter and Debo Samuel on the field, I mean, that is football porn at its finest. Jets fans would drool at the thought of that. Now, it's completely unrealistic, and we know it's probably not going to happen. But if it does, my goodness, Zach Wilson has no excuse in this next season, especially with a revamped offensive line. And that's part of why I want another offensive lineman. Because if he's your guy and you have just a unit up front, because George Fant's older, this is probably going to be his last year. If you have Makai Becton healthy and rejuvenated, Elijah Vera Tucker, Iquano or Evan Neal, and Lakin Tomlinson for 2023 set up there. Oh, my goodness. And with the two tight ends, with the receiver they get, if it's a Debo, with Corey Davis maybe, and Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios, you're starting to think Zach Wilson can't fail at that point. Jake, I want to know, what exactly are you willing to give up for Debo Samuel? Like, I'm not talking about Jets first round players. Pick. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about first-round picks. I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about what are you giving up? Are you willing to go on, like, a, a chicken parm, no-eating hunger strike for Debo Samuel? I, I want to know how badly you want Debo on the Jets. It depends how long. If it's a week without chicken parm, yes. If it's an entire month without chicken parm, I don't know if I can sacrifice that 
for Debo Samuel. But if you say to me, Jake, if you go this whole month without him, on day 32, he will be a Jet. I will do shrimp parm. <laughs> I'll do the shrimp parm hero. And I'll even dabble in the eggplant parm hero. More than a month, you say two, three months. I don't think I can pull it off. Although, I, I need to freaking lose some weight. I mean, I just see it. You see, like, a picture from, like, a year ago versus now. I have been eating, like, a monster and not hitting the gym. So, when the gym reopens next week, the month of May, I'm going to attack the gym. Because I need to look slimmer for my brother's wedding Memorial Day weekend. I need that dad bod popping. And I always say dad bod, and people assume I'm a dad because I guess I look old. Not a dad that I know of. So, uh, anyways, I've gone off the deep end here. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Gangs All Here. For Brian Costello, Andrew Hart, I'm Jake Brown. We will return the Monday, sometime the Monday after the NFL draft. We won't be in Vegas, unfortunately, but we'll be there in spirit. And maybe we'll play blackjack from uh, Atlantic City. Instead, on Draft Weekend. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you after the draft. And good luck to Joe Douglas and the Jets. Let's see what they wind up. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. It's not an easy life, but it builds character. 